you are now rocking with the best. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. We are back. What is this episode 108 of the Art and BS Podcast? The podcast by artists, for artists, and our lovers. I'm your host from the West Coast, James Geralds. We are recording this episode now. You guys, normally, you know, I'm in the slums of, of the Cultural Arts District in Fresno, California, but currently we're holding it down in the Pacific Northwest. You know how we keep it fresh. Let's get some housekeeping out the way. Shout out to the cats over on Apple holding us down. Hit us with that subscription, that rating, and that review because you know we're battling these algorithms. Cats over on Spotify, we appreciate you hitting us at the uh, at the end of the year and the wrapped up. You know, all those follows, yeah, it shows y'all messing with us, the subscribers, the listeners, so we appreciate that. The uh, three cats over on Patreon, hold on, man. Yeah, you guys are the real MVPs for holding us down. We appreciate that. Uh, catch us, we got some bonus segments, some new stuff coming your way. Uh, listeners on miscellaneous apps, we appreciate you guys coming back and holding it down week after week. We see y'all. Man, listen, announcements. Last week, I curated uh, the first ever Art and BS group show. Shouts to all the alumni from Fresno who came through. And uh, you guys are hitting me up. James, where's the audio at from that? Unfortunately, I lost my, um, was that the SD card that goes in my, my Zoom H6. So yeah, we got no audio, but it was lit. I'll post some still pictures. There's a video on the Instagram. Get at me. I'm active in the comments. We still got... Teespring stuff for sale. I still got a few uh, block printed shirts. We got some of those. Yeah, so if you want to cop some merch, we got all of that good stuff. Check out the link in the bio, man. You know what's really good. Oh, man. First time listeners, you guys are probably really confused. You're like, what's going on? I turned this podcast on and uh, just there's music. This guy's talking all this random stuff. And I just hold on because that confusion is not going to end. You, I know you guys saw the cover art. You came here for the ego interview. Just just relax. Right? Pour some lemonade. You know what I'm saying? Returning family members. You saw me just get out of the whip. I mean, it, I mean, we here. Ill nigga alert. Ill nigga alert. It's time to get my record right, man. Took a, took a few weeks off, podcast. you know what I'm saying? So we're going we're gonna to get some music off for you. Just hold tight. Art and Bullshit Podcast. I can't, I can't move it like how I can normally move it. Okay, so here we go. Now. Podcast family, what up? All my painters, where you at? Smoke it if you got it, sip it if you got it. You know what's popping. What you got? That macchiato. All my cats sipping the americano. I see you. All my thugs thugging with the dirty chai. Keep it esoteric. They out here drinking chai lattes. You know what I'm saying? All my all my uh, beast mode cats with breves. You know how we do it. Back for another week, man. I'm excited to be here. We got Ego in the building. Pacific Northwest vibes, you know what I'm saying? I'm chilling now. Lush landscape. Neither one of us. We just vibing out. But you know, 
Things are real smooth, but I think you guys, you know how I like to do it. I like to get it hype. I like to get it, get it really moving. So let's let's hit uh let's move a little forward, hit the gas on you guys. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Another week, y'all. Podcast family, you know how we do it. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. You are now rocking with the best, often imitated, never duplicated. The podcast those other cats emulated. Hey, yo, seen the gram of dope, turn the ball of the Earl Man and go. Speedily, you poison with no antidote. Put me in a group with you niggas. Heart Bet I come out with a Sherlin Coke. Washington was popping. California, I see you. Tennessee, stand up. Midwest, Cincinnati, I know y'all out there keeping it grimy. Came up when I barely even had a pop of pee. DMV, I see you. You upset Chicago was popping. That's a little different over here, Ego. You know what I'm saying? We, we get it popping. That's the only option. You know what I'm saying? Hit you guys with a little uh, Rome Streets. I'm feeling it right now. You know what I'm saying? I might, might pull up and something, you know what I'm saying? I had to fly out. Normally, you might see me in California place. Some metallic gray, you know what I'm saying? Fold down seats. You know how we give it up. All my suited gang, you know what I'm saying? But it's one for me. We gonna keep it moving. Yeah, this is that Rome Streets Ace of Swords. Check that out. I believe this is uh, one of his albums with DJ Muggs. He dropped well, you know, DJ Muggs got some with everybody in their mouth. Let me break some California vibes up here. Let me bring some Cali vibes up here. Bring some sunshine up to the Pacific Northwest. You might see me where the salmon is swimming. Giving it up, man. I'm out here. Art and Goldfish Podcast. Man, I even get just to get uh, Ivers out here. Wally's, man. Yeah, I gotta come back. You gotta know Art what you want. You gotta push that line. You gotta stay on your toes. You gotta be on the job. I keep stick for real. It was 20 in it and stop. I don't pop no pills and I don't sip no wine. I'm just a fresh ass nigga getting dipped. Making bangs, like y'all. We out here. Shots all my painters. Keep that horizon line tapped in. Check that composition via thumbnails before you go in for that final boy. Save yourself some time, my nigga. What kind of mediums you rocking with? You got that galgit? You know what I'm saying? I, I see a lot of y'all giving it up with that liquid, man. I'm over here on this uh, Neo McGill. I only rock with gambling. You know what's up? Y'all need to cut a check. Have some respect for your artwork. Put a quality frame on it. I'm working out some new plugs, man. I'm trying to get some checks cut out here. Ego, what you know about Larry June, man? Larry June. About Larry June, you guys bump him out in the B&W? I was leaving. 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 I was leaving.
way. Listen, he gon' need 10 G's just to pick up a brush. Quit playing. Focus on your own, dog. Stop pillow talking. These hoes go tell it all. These hoes go do what they want, nigga. No. What though? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I feel like we need to close y'all out. Just pause. Listen. Cold blooded punchins, man. Listen, we back. Art and bullshit podcast. Let's get this Christmas record off. It's Christmas time now. You know how we giving it up. Holy Jesus! I gotta drop all these toys off. Mrs. Claus, Mrs. Claus, bring me my robe and my slippers. I gotta go! Smell the pine trees in the air, sleigh bells are ringing. Toy stores are out of control, the kids singing. That night before Christmas, dashing through the snow. Voodoo up the reindeer, red nose that glow. It's all about the candy canes and Christmas. What you know about Ghostface Christmas? Jolly yo, sing it. The little elves getting busy. It's in the workshop. And how gingerbread men keep their buttons on top. Wooden soldiers and chestnuts roasting like marshmallows. Good fellas, chocolate pudding, pops and jellos. It's the gift, the cookies and milk. I wish you Whatever you celebrate, make sure you are doing it right, man. Yeah. Now you're giving back to the culture. Egos out here giving back to the culture. We gonna get it. We gonna get that in a second. We just gonna use that as is. <laughs> Yo, my grandma bumped this shit, bro. That ass. Art and bullshit podcast. Mm, kinda mean. Took a little hiatus. You rocking with the greatest. Listen, man. It's an honor and a privilege to introduce this fellow. And you know what's interesting, guys, is uh you you guys probably are no stranger to his work. You've seen him. You know what I'm saying? Treckle featured artists, something light but something heavy. Many exhibitions. You know what I'm saying? You might cop some work. Uh, we're going to get to that in a second. The The question was, was how did, like, how did Ego, how did we, how did this all come apart, come, come together? I'm going to tell you, man. I was in the Pacific Northwest. That's currently where I'm at. I'm holding it down. And at 206, I'm in the mix. So uh, I actually, it was one of those situations where I, sometimes I'll send out kites. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yo, who's in this area? Who's in this area? And uh, I hit up one of my close friends, Art MBS alumni. You know what I'm saying? A man who brings tsunamis with the tattoo machine. A man who is like wicked, you know. Ooh, man, Abbott the Aerosol. I hit up my, my, my brother from another mother, Jason Profond. And I said, yo, I'm out here. He was like, oh, word? I was like, who, who's out here? And, uh, you know, we went through. We, 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 we uh, spitballed some stuff. And Ego came up. He was like, yo, man, you rock with Ego. And I was like, huh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like the cosign came through. You know what I'm saying? It was like the art facts. I'm looking like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, this cat's official, like a military missile. So uh, let's let's get him on. Let's send him through this art and BS uh, ninja warrior obstacle course. And then, um, you know, ego, 
you will soon become art and BS alumni. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we might even have a position for you teaching home economics or something like that at the academy. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I want you guys to give a warm round of applause who of of. Like for a man, like I'm gonna tell you, like really, this guy, his artwork is is phenomenal. You guys is like highly impressive. Um, I would say he's astounding with the acrylics. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know if he's flipping the rounds or the or the daggers. We're gonna talk about that in a second. We're gonna talk about you know a lot of what what he has in the works, past, present, future. But uh, yeah, give a warm round of applause for a man who's a sultan with the skulls, man. A man who is a, a deacon of the dark art. Please give a warm round of applause for uh, Lord Ego One. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep okay, so let's get to work, Ego, you here, man. Um, what was your first memory seeing art? Man, you're just gonna start with the hard one. That's the easy one. Uh, I'm doomed. Uh, I just remembered I got a thing. I got a jet. Uh, it's been fun. Bye. Uh, man, my first memory of art. See, I probably didn't even understand that I was looking at art the first time I, I, I saw it and noticed it. Mm -hmm. uh, man. Okay. It it was probably it was probably like some like record album cover or something. Mm -hmm. Uh I man, I got started with the art stuff real 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 young, like real young. So when you say record album cover, you talking about like some Iron Maiden or what what you talking about? Probably something like that. I had I I I grew up with two older uncles. And they were all about the, the rock and roll stuff. And okay. so it very well may have been an Iron Maiden cover or something like that. Mm. Uh, actually, you know what? Oh, okay. It just clicked. I know what it was. What was it? It was actually some legit art on an album cover. It was some Lucian Freud artwork on a Queen album cover. Mm. That's what it was. Okay. And that really stuck with me because it was an image of like a giant robot and he was like crushing people in his hand. Mm -hmm. And it was it was pretty intense. Like not, not only, you know, for a little kid to be looking at, but for a Queen album, you don't yeah. expect that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's the one that like first really shook me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. Okay. So how old were you at that time? I am terrible with the passing of time and okay. gauging it. I would say I was probably seven. Okay. Like under 10 though, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely, okay. So that's kind of, yeah, we can get blocks and decades and we just yeah. Yeah, or yeah. break them down by fives. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so at that point, were you drawing already or oh, yeah. was that okay so you yeah. were drawing already and then so i, I would uh guess that you're were you drawing what, what type of stuff were you drawing i, I mean i i'm i'm older so like i i saw star wars the very first one when it came out in theaters in the 70s i was okay. little okay. granted like mm -hmm. i was little 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 but like that's 
that's what I was drawing. I was drawing Star Wars. Mm. I was drawing Star Wars. I was trying to reproduce stuff from comic books, but like little, like little, 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 tiny ego, mm-hmm. you know, like probably less than five years old, mm-hmm. like, like really trying to be an artist even then. And you was like, this is what it is. Yeah. Like, like from all the way back, that's all I've ever wanted to do. Like I, I've, I've mentioned this before and anybody who's talked to me about it is probably sick of hearing it. But mm-hmm. uh, like when when all the other little kids were talking about, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a, a fireman. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a superhero. But I, I was always like, I'm going to be an artist. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing else that was going to do. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. Called to it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You was like, I'm a shepherd, this paintbrush. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Steward this mechanical pencil. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at that point in time, like, so, okay, boom, you're like under 10, Queen album cover hits, bong. So then when you're in high school, what type of art are you doing? By high school, it was a whole different story. By the time I got into high school, I was starting to get into skateboarding really heavily mm. and punk rock mm. and, did you have a mohawk uh, i i had all kinds of stupid hairdos okay i, I can't even remember all the the stupid colors and styles of hairdos <laughs> yeah yeah i had all the stupid hairdos okay okay uh and i'm envious of that young dumb hairdo guy because i can't grow a single hair now mm-hmm. i look like homer simpson mm. that's that's the one style i can do now yeah, yeah, man, but, but you got the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah the, I mean, like, the beards is, that's where it's at, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, you, you you grow what you can. But, yeah, like, uh, high school stuff, like, th- those were the the main influences, skateboarding, music. Um, I say punk rock because that was, like, the, the main, like, cool thing that I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was all kinds of other music I was listening to. So now were you also. making zines at that point in time? Not yet, like uh it was still like you know mid 80s okay so like there wasn't a huge prevalence of that stuff yet like that that culture to me at least was still like a decade away okay because isn't that where zine started was punk rock oh yeah. yeah 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 and 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 i eventually like came to that and the thing I think that um, I was really noticing, like in those early days, was uh, punk rock show flyers. There was always art on the punk rock show flyers. Mm-hmm. So you you know you're walking around and you see on the telephone poles there's you know flyers for for punk shows with like the craziest artwork on them. It yeah. wasn't always great artwork, but it was right. creative and mm-hmm. original and it caught your attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, real. so no zines quite yet back then, but the, the show posters were, were getting my attention and the, the album covers were getting my attention and definitely skateboard graphics and comic books. Yeah. All that stuff. What that, type of comics were you messing with? Um, it's, kind of funny because based on the type of artwork that i do now like you'd probably think i was into like horror comics or something but i was super into the the superhero comics then like i I was 
number one X-Men fan. Loved all the X-Men stuff when I found it. Um, and then I, I did get into some kind of more artsy, like less common stuff once, you know, I, I was into the comics a little more. Like I would go to the comic shops and I'm definitely one of those judge a book by its cover types. And I know I shouldn't be, but, um, but I would, I would look through the racks and I saw some stuff by Bill Sienkiewicz and he was doing like fully painted comic books that were crazy looking like mm -hmm. looked like nothing else that I had ever seen in a comic book before everything else was like super just like uh, formula like black lines black shading spot color over everything that's a comic book mm -hmm. and then I see I think the first Bill Sienkiewicz one I saw was called Stray Toasters mm. and it was just everything was painted and there there was no black lines and black shading and spot color it was all just in your face crazy like splatter ink techniques and you know there were panels that like he was trying to express what someone who was actually experiencing like a mental crisis like the visuals of what that might look like mm. and i felt it looking at mm. that stuff i was like wow this is next 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 level um and actually for that matter I, it may have been it may have been uh some daredevil comics that i first saw bill sienkiewicz i don't remember if it was the straight toasters that i i got after the mm -hmm. daredevil thing but either way like that that was the thing like his his style was so much different than mm -hmm. any other comic book stuff and that may have been one of the things that pushed me towards the fine art stuff mm -hmm. that's hard bill sienkiewicz man i'm about to check him out mm-hmm I bet you would recognize some of the stuff if you saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. I'm about to get, uh, do 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 a little bit uh, due diligence on, on my brother, my good brother. So now, um, I'm curious. So at so okay. So at what point? How old were you when you got into tattooing? Because you were doing that for like how long? I heard like twenty five years. years. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was. <laughs> Man, that that's a a tricky story too because uh, I I never intended to be a tattooer. Mm -hmm. um, I had some friends when I had just gotten out of high school that were starting to get a lot of tattoos, and I would go along with them when they would get tattooed. And so I was always you know around tattoo shops, but I didn't have any tattoos, and it it didn't really even interest me. Uh, and for anyone who has never seen me in person before i am now covered in tattoos from head to toe so it's funny that you know little 16 year old or 17 year old ego or whatever wasn't interested in tattoos that much um oh yeah okay i'm looking okay i remember i recognize his electra joints yep yeah yeah, yeah. okay yep. okay yep um so, oh, he did that Doom? He's the one who did that? Okay, I knew sick. you'd recognize his stuff if you saw it. I know he did that shit. That's hard. There yeah. you go. 
So imagine, you know, a, a little mm-hmm. up and coming artist seeing that stuff. Yeah. That was that was very different than anything else mm-hmm. that was happening at the time. Yep, and I knew mutants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, uh, back to the tattooing stuff. Um, so yeah, I would I would go with my friends when they were getting tattooed, and eventually the the folks that, who worked at the tattoo shops figured mm-hmm. out that I could draw, mm-hmm. and so between my friends asking me to draw stuff for them to get tattooed and the artists at the shops noticing that I had some ability. Mm-hmm. Um, they started asking me, you know, Oh, Hey, if you ever thought about being a tattooer mm. and I was always like, no, not really. Like I'm, I'm going to be an artist. And right. Right. Not equating that. Of course a tattooer is an artist, you know, um, in the, the early days of my, becoming acquainted with tattooing like i i was super ignorant and just assumed that you know people brought stuff into a tattooer and the tattooer put it on there it was like a technical skill and that was that you know not realizing that you know tattooers actually come up with their their own art and they are legitimate artists with different styles and passions just like every other kind of artist but little me didn't understand that so didn't really think about it too much didn't care about it too much but you know, continued to go into the shops with my friends when they would get tattooed and get to know the the tattooers. And between the tattooers talking to me about tattooing and my friends talking to me about tattooing, like, oh, you know, you, you draw good. You should be a tattooer. And me, you know, constantly being like, no, nah, that's not my thing. After so many years of hearing that, I finally broke down and was like, you know what? Fuck. All right. I'll 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 try this thing out, but I'm not going to tell anybody about it. Because if I don't do it good, I don't want anyone to know. So, like, I just got some crappy equipment out of an ad in the back of a tattoo magazine Mm -hmm. and started tattooing, you know, first myself, because that's what most people do, or at least they did then. And then, like, punk rockers. Mm. You know, and anybody that wanted free crappy tattoos, like, I was the guy. (laughs) You know, you can come get free crappy tattoos from me. So I would, you know, tattoo punk rockers and like the the skaters that I knew and stuff. But, you know, all the while kind of being like, you know, but keep this on the DL. Don't tell everybody I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and not realizing that that was going to be a, a serious thing that was going to change my life. Just at the time, like dabbling and just trying to conquer another medium that... Um, so many people had said, oh, you'd be, you'd be so good at this. You'd be mm-hmm. so good at this. And realizing once I started, especially with no guidance, that no, I, just because you draw good doesn't mean automatically you're going to be a good tattooer. Like, it's a whole other animal. Like, it's so different than any other art form, than any mm-hmm. other medium. Like, what other art form are you, you know, making a, a drawing on a a mushy canvas that moves around and bleeds and talks to you, you know, that that's just not a thing in other art forms. So like, it's so different and so difficult to master. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was doing it for 25 years ultimately. And I, I still don't feel like I ever like mastered it. Like I, I felt like I was proficient enough to get my 
point across and create the work that I wanted to create. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I still, after that long, didn't feel like I was a master of it. So at what point were you like, man, forget this. I'm about to go and do this fine art thing. Well, I had been doing art the whole time. And initially, one of my thoughts with tattooing was just, okay, so here's a profession that I can be a type of professional artist. Like I can make art and get paid and make a living doing art. And I thought, okay, well, this will get my foot in the door and I can do this until I can get my fine art career off the ground. Mm -hmm. Thinking in my mind's eye at that time, like, you know, it'll be like two or three years, maybe, you know, just, just, just to, to, till I get my career started. And then, Again, here we are 25 years after I had, you know, started, I I got to a point where I realized that if I didn't stop tattooing, I would never fully immerse myself in my fine art tattoo career because I would just always have that crutch of tattooing. So was that moment like... A Tuesday morning, you had some fruity pebbles, and like it just came to you. Or uh, there were a lot of things, and it 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 took a long time to come to. I, I think you know it was it was years building up to me quitting tattooing. Like um, I would go through waves where you know I loved tattooing and loved the challenge, and like every day being able to you know hone my skills and you know come up with new cool artwork for people to get tattooed and then after many many years I would get to a point where it would be like oh man I have to do this again and say all the same dumb shit that I say every single day and deal with all the same stupid questions I deal with every single day and uh, after you know a really long time of that it got to the point where I would wake up in the morning, I would feel great, you know, the sun be shining, I'd be like, all right, another day, and then I'd be like, ah, fuck, I have to tattoo today. So now, you you said you were making fine art and tattooing simultaneously. Yeah. yeah. So were you, like, doing art shows and conventions, or were you doing mainly commissions with the fine art? Because I'm curious as to how you were able to balance that. Mm, good question. And the answer to that is, uh, while... The tattooing was meant to supplement the fine art. What ended up happening is uh, tattooing ended up consuming most of my time. And Mm. so the fine art took a backseat and I would just paint when I had time, when I wasn't, you know, tattooing or drawing for tattooing or, you know, doing something else that somehow directly had to do with tattooing. Right. So now the, the art stuff kind of got pushed to the back and every once in a rare while, you know, there would be an opportunity where, you know, some shop would have an art show and be like, Hey, you want to be in this art show? And I'd be like, yes, I do. And so I would just do some really like small, low key art shows. And then had I known that, that was the thing that I should have just been doing the whole time rather than, you know, chugging away tattooing and just doing fine art on the side. I would have been doing those little art shows much earlier. 
but it was one of those things where no wait were you doing stuff with flat color yeah okay that that was one of my favorite galleries of all time okay that i knew yes yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay yeah uh and that was like once i was finally shown with galleries but that was a while like i i think it was probably about i don't know five or six years i was just showing anywhere that Mm. that would ask that seemed decent to me Mm. uh, or that you know i just had any any chance for an opportunity to get my stuff up on a wall i would do Uh it you know we call that what chasing ambulances Mm. okay that's what i was doing then no because you know how like lawyers are you know what i'm saying yeah 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 Yeah. just looking for looking for the opportunities yeah man yeah yeah that's that's what i was doing i was Mm -hmm. chasing ambulances for the first five or six years of like my for real quotes uh art career um and then you know just like with a lot of things like this opportunities lead to more opportunities and so eventually some bigger like actual gallery spaces you know not like real big but for me big like you know for for somebody that's showing in like skate shops and bars and stuff like it's a genuine bona fide official gallery wants to show my stuff and i'm like oh shit i'm finally i'm finally gonna make it um not realizing of course that it takes a long time but but feeling good about it and so like i started showing more yeah exactly so i started showing more and the more i was showing my for real like fine art stuff the more I just wasn't satisfied with tattooing and realized, okay, like I've, I've put my, my art career on hold for tattooing for all these years when that was the thing that I always wanted to do from the get go. So I had to get back on track and be like, okay, so I'm, I'm not a tattooer that mm. creates art. I'm an artist who's tattooing and I need to focus on that art part more and get back on track you know now that i've been sidetracked for more than two decades like i gotta really buckle down and get my shit together and like focus on you know showing in galleries and getting my name out there and like well you know the the thing that does that i guess too is focusing on creating good enough work so that i can get into the better galleries and get noticed more so you know that was the the number one most important thing like trying to create good work and that's still my focus, like, I'm, every painting I make, I'm trying to make the best painting that I've ever made. Does it always work out? Eh, but I'm trying. Everyone, I, at least I'm trying to make the best painting every time. Yeah. And I so, and I, I get into better shows, better galleries, um, and it's, it's working out. And then, um, I guess to finally come back around to your question of like was it a tuesday that i woke up and decided was this the day um no it wasn't a a specific like thing that i woke up understanding like this is going to be the last day um it was circumstantial i'm not going to get into like all the details about it but um it was just kind of the the best and worst circumstances that, was it that I like could have hoped for. Was it like a half moment where you were like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you cool, fuck you? It was very much that moment. 
it was very much that moment yeah yeah um and uh i i felt great and terrified when that moment finally came um and it it actually ended up costing me a lot and it was it was it was going to be the worst possible fucking timing for this but i had no way of knowing that because i believe i quit tattooing in 2018 or 2019 mm. and some of us may remember uh there was this little pandemic that yep, happened yeah um and so yeah basically here i am trying to get my legit art career off the ground right at the beginning of the pandemic mm. and also uh I was married to another tattooer for almost five years. Okay. And my quitting tattooing also coincided with the end of that relationship. Mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like there were a lot of you big was life hits, things happening. Man. Yes. Yes. Left and right. Yes. Me, 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 me. That is correct. And at the time, it felt super rough. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to pull myself back up and make everything work out. But just like it had always been, I always knew that the art was the thing. Mm -hmm. So it, it didn't matter what hardships were befalling me. Like, I just knew that this was the thing. Like, I don't care. Like if, if I end up, you know, living under a bridge, I'm still going to be doing this thing. Right. Um, and there were a lot of folks like right around that time when I first decided to quit tattooing and pursue the fine art stuff that were like, Oh, well, why don't you just tattoo again? And a lot of folks just couldn't understand, you know, what, what goes into a 25 year, career in anything mm -hmm. you know anything like I've, I've said this before too and i'm sorry for anyone listening that's heard me say this but i'm probably gonna repeat myself a bunch over the yeah, last we're, years we're gonna, of my life right so out. deal with it um but like even if your job is pizza and video game tester after 25 years you're gonna be fucking sick of pizza and video games <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's a it's a great career and I owe it a lot, and I'm very grateful that tattooing and I were there for each other when we needed each other. Mm -hmm. But it was it was a a difficult relationship that eventually had to end, and there's no going back to it. Mm. So you know, I, I complain sometimes about being broke, and that's when people are always like, "Oh, well, then you should just tattoo again." It, it's not that simple. That's just not an option anymore. And, and it's a little difficult for people to understand that because they're like, well, you already have this skill and you know that it makes money. So just do that. And I'm like, no, like I, I could do that at the cost of my soul. And it's just not worth mm -hmm. it. The price is too high. I would rather be broke doing the thing that I love than rich and miserable. Yeah. 
I hear that, man. Well, and it's also, you're looking like I don't even want to get back into that game because I always think, like, this or, like, it may not be mentally the best thing for you yeah, either because you're going to go back into that. And then so then all the stress from that, mm -hmm. that first thing that gets hit by stress is, like, your painting. And sometimes, like, that shit's tight, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, I feel like shit, like... And then I'm pay you're like painting the dopest thing you've ever made. Right. But like that, it's like stress versus like sadness and shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like stress is like, oh fuck, like yeah. Soul so. crushing sadness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yep. That, that yeah. you're you're one of the first people that's understood right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I hear it. Like, I'm gonna tell you something, ego. I've made some of my best paintings, like in like the most dark times in my life. Of you course, know what I'm yeah. yeah, I do know. Mm -hmm. I think that's true of a lot of artists, not just visual artists. Like, yeah, I think man. a lot of the the music that we love the most has come out of some of the shittiest times in people's lives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and it's really interesting that as artists, we're able to use that as in essence a coping mechanism and an escape from like that bullshit because it's like we have whatever is going on but we get a chance to disassociate by like getting into our work mm -hmm. and creating whatever environment or like message or you know narrative that we want to display for the for these viewers mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so i think like the in in essence like one thing you can fuck it, it's like all right I can sort of get, I have more control over art than like all this bullshit that's going on around me. So let me just hunker down, focus on the art. And sometimes uh, like a clear sky is a byproduct of focus. You know what I'm saying? Well put, sir. Well put. Yeah. Like that's, you just encapsulated the whole thing for me right there. That's perfect. Yeah, man. That's the day. No, return family members. Y'all know how we do it on here. <laughs> Mm hmm. So, you know, we talked about art for a minute. Let's let's switch up to the BS because we you know, right. like, well, we're going to get back on to uh, onto the art for a second. All right. We'll switch. So, um, you know, I like to ask our guests and, and this is a, a question, man. Do the best you can at this one. All right. So you have a chance to host a poker game or a dinner party. OK. With five people dead or alive. Who are these five people? Oh, man. OK. Why did I not prepare for that? Of course, that was going to be a question. Yeah, man. Five people dead or alive. That was like in the key in the back of the math book. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, man, that is, that's a good one. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with some that might seem like okey-doke answers, but so be it. Um. Joe Strummer from The Clash, R.I.P. Um, H.R. Giger, hey. R.I.P. <laughs> um, and forgive me for my slaughtering of this Polish name, but uh, Zislaw Besinski, mm. uh, one of my all-time favorite artists, also R.I.P., so... Uh -huh. Here I am with three ghosts so far. Let me see if I can pull out some some living guests. Um, hmm. 
okay, this is going to sound corny and like I, I, I'm somehow obligated to say this, but it's not. I'm going to say my girlfriend. Okay. Okay. Uh, Roxana. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get one more living or dead. It's white papers, man. Mm, I am going to take a little bit of a left turn with my last guest. And I think this is going to make for an interesting get together. I'm sorry to say it's going to be another dead person. Okay. Tupac Shakur is going to be my other guest. Okay. Okay. There you go, man. Yeah. 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 Okay. There we go. Solid set. Solid set. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is there's no right or wrong answer. It's just I, I'm always interested, and the our listeners are always interested uh, to hear because I'll get DMs and stuff, man. Like, oh yeah, this person said, and it's always like the weirdest story or something. So people will geek out on all of that good stuff, man. Yeah. So now, um, they're gonna be like, no, ego was wrong. Oh man. <laughs> uh, man, but it's I mean, it's like it's who you're inviting to your spot, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, and that, and I think that that's pretty dope. It's like, all right, man, I want to have, you know, all of these people and man, great times, great times. Um, so it, that, so what's your favorite alien movie? Mm. Mm. I mean, I, I'd be a fool to not say the original, so I'm going to go with the original, but I also was a fan of the second one. I liked aliens. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't care. I liked it. Um, there's been something at least entertaining about all of them that I've seen. Okay. The third one was real weird mm-hmm. and pretty off track, <laughs> but I, there were still some things I liked about it. Well, I mean, you got to remember, Ego, at that point, they were trying to just stretch the franchise. Mm-hmm. They were like, we got to get this while Sigourney's still trying to do <laughs> these movies. Man. Yeah, I was kind of surprised they got Sigourney for that third one. Hmm? Oh, I bet that check was big. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Big check. Yeah. And it, big was, check. it was a, it was kind of a an interesting director, too, as I recall. So Yeah, man. Um, so you had mentioned skateboarding. Yeah. And you know, like... There are a lot of common threads between skateboarding and art, I mm-hmm. think, and I, and a lot of our guests, you know, man, it's like, yo, cats were coming up in the skateboard game. Mm-hmm. So now you had mentioned like skating pools mm-hmm. earlier on. Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. So that that's kind of that. Now that was your your thing that you prefer. Now I'm curious if you had a chance to put together like a skate video, mm-hmm. like who would be five skaters that would be in this video. Mm. So this is kind of like my, my, my dinner party, but now I get to make a skateboard video with whoever I choose. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, man. It's for the skateboard heads. You know what I'm saying? For the community. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, it would be way too easy for me to just throw out the one name that everybody in the world associates with skateboarding. So Who's sorry, that? Tony Hawk, you're not invited to oh, this no video. Oh, no one ever says I'm him. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, nobody ever you're, says you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a legend and we all appreciate what you did for skateboarding but you're not coming to my party um however i am gonna pick another 
old school contemporary of Mr. Hawks, okay. uh, Christian Hassoy. Mm. Um, he's 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 gotten a little bit older, but he's still got style and still doing the thing. Okay, okay. Um, so he's going to be in there just to represent the the era that I came up in. Mm. Um, I would be an absolute moron to not have Dewan Song in okay. my video because he's just entertaining as hell to okay. watch. Uh, likewise, there's kind of a, a, a younger upstart, like contemporary Daywan, in my opinion, uh, who is Ben Koppel. Baby Daywan. Um, yeah, he's th that guy is just also crazy entertaining to watch. Like, I just don't understand having that kind of control over your board. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Um, so let's see. Who else? Uh, you know what? Me and my buddy Dave are going to be the other ones in the video. That's hard. That's hard. Hold on. We're going to look silly next to these other dudes, but whatever. I get to skate yeah. with them, and it's going to be fun, yeah, and I'm going to be in the hard. video. Yeah, that's hard. Okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. He's like, hey, hey, Dave, listen. <laughs> we got this opportunity right here. Practice Dave's up. like, <laughs> is Dave ready to go? Or is Dave like, is Dave, when you give Dave the call, you got the video, is he like, all right, I'm ready to go? Or is he like, I need three weeks to get back? Dave and I are going to need at least three weeks. Okay, okay. <laughs> right. Like, and Dave's right. younger, too. He's not okay. old like me, but okay. but he's still going to need a little time. We're, we're both yeah. going to need a little little cross-training in the off-season. Man, I hear that. I hear that. So what were some of your go-to tricks? Whew. What were some of them? Yeah. Uh, man, I've been doing this a long, long time. So there have been but eras skating of different now stuff. Isn't, but like skating, like in when your season isn't like skating when you're green. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. doing completely different types of things. True. Well, I feel like I've come just about full circle. Like, you know, I started skateboarding like seriously in like 1985 or 1986 mm. and so you know that was the the learning curve years and like coming up and then you know i, I feel like I, I reached a peak like in the early 90s mm -hmm. where like i i was skating all the time um and so like i had a lot of street tricks and you know, I, could, I could skate pretty much anything then were you were you busting out 360 flips uh Oddly enough, that trick was just coming into being when okay. I was doing street skating stuff. So that okay. was like some new, 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 crazy yeah. stuff when High I first tech. started yeah. street skating. So for me, like the stuff I was doing uh, was like, you know, 180 no complies and mm. like nose bonks and nose grinds and, mm. you know, like that was all kind of new at the time. Okay. Um, and then like you mentioned, um, like I've always been fascinated with skating pools. So like no matter what else was going on, if I've ever had an opportunity to skate a pool, I've taken it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think that's going to change until I'm, physically unable to do it um, and it's still my favorite thing to skate it's getting in there yeah do you have any pool spots out here in the pnw uh i'm very fortunate 
to be in the PNW because there are so many good concrete skate parks. Like between Portland, Oregon and Vancouver, BC, like you pretty much can't spit without hitting a skate park. Mm. And so I've, I've kind of gotten pampered with all these like uh, made for skateboarding pools um, but they're everywhere and there's tons of good ones. So it's rare that I ever skate like a, a for real, like backyard pool spot anymore. Like mm. it, it happens once in a rare while, but yeah, mostly like there's just enough really good skate parks out here to keep me satisfied and happy. And like knowing that I have my choice, like I can just get up and be like, Hmm, which of these, you know, 15 skate parks am I going to skate today? Okay. We're going to get back to art, but last question, kick flip or heel flip kick flip. Okay. Classic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. So now, like, when you had, um, I'm just curious, through tattooing, yeah. making fine art, you were using acrylics at that point in time, or were you using oils at that point in time also? I have only ever in my lifetime completed two oil paintings. Mm. Um, very early on. Uh, I was experimenting a lot with medium. Um, man, I guess I've had this thing for most of my career where I have been trying to use, I don't know, for, for lack of a better word, cheaper, more accessible tools to replicate the look of oil paintings. Okay. Um, a lot of that has to do with not really understanding early on what mediums people were using. Like I would mm -hmm. just see the finished work and not really, you know, do any more research into how they had created it. Like what like the surface what was. And yeah. Scumbling. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a, techniques, surfaces, materials, like none of that stuff was really on my radar early on. Like I just saw the finished works and was like, Ooh, that looks cool. Mm -hmm. I want to make something that looks cool like that. Mm -hmm. And so I would just assemble whatever crap I had on hand and do my best to make my crappy thing look like their cool thing. Mm -hmm. And so in the early days, a lot of that was accomplished with, you know, graffiti tools, mm -hmm. you know, like big markers and mean streaks and mm -hmm. whatever was easy to get my hands on. Um, and then, you know, the advanced tools back then were Prismacolor markers. Mm. And so I was like, okay, well now I'm going to be fancy. I'm going to get some Prismacolor yeah, markers yeah. thinking that's like the, the now, were you in Seattle the at the, the time? Art. Yeah. My yeah. head up Daniel Smith or something. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and so then the, the Prismacolor markers led to Prismacolor colored pencils mm -hmm. and I was able to get the best results with those. I was actually able to really kind of mimic the look of paintings with those. And so that was my go-to for years. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I could probably still show you some of my old colored pencil stuff that you wouldn't know wasn't a painting. Okay. Um, and respect to all you colored pencil artists out there who can really do the thing and make it look legit. Yeah. Good for you. I yeah. see you. I appreciate you. Good job. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, I eventually 
feel like I got to a point where I, I was more interested in the technical stuff, like the surfaces, the mediums. And I realized that everybody who was making stuff that I thought was cool looking was using paint. Um, specifically oil paint but at, at this early point like I, I didn't really care like I just knew it was paint like mm -hmm. I knew they weren't using Prismacolor markers and mean streaks and mm -hmm. pencils like they were using paint so I was like okay so I need to start painting for for anyone to be able to take this stuff seriously I have to use paint like I can't I can't bring a a Prismacolor drawing to a gallery and you know have that be taken seriously not realizing of course at that time that yeah you can do that like if you're making a good work good work is good work and people are going to like it but i didn't think that i thought okay to be taken seriously you have to paint so i slowly started to uh try to learn how to paint on my own um never went to art school didn't really have too many friends who were good painters back at that time like in the early 90s um so i just like with the tattooing thing like i, I taught myself how to do it so like, you did you hit up the library or anything no, like that no like it was just me looking at stuff and fumbling around trying to figure out how to make my stuff look like their stuff and so there was no one to tell me like, okay, well, this is what you need to do to make this blend. Like, this is what, you know, you can use this medium to make the, the paint last longer and do certain things. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I didn't know any of that stuff. Like I just was fumbling around trying to figure out how to make my thing look like their thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the early stuff too, like I would use spray paint a lot, um, in some kind of unusual ways uh eventually moving on to and this is like early 90s yeah said. like so what like, type of like, artist like, were you looking at like by now um like when i'm starting to to really focus on trying to figure out how to paint we're like in the the mid to late 90s now okay like it, it took that long okay um and the artists i was looking at you know the the first like contemporary stuff that i was looking at um was definitely like hr giger mm. you know I, I i remember the first time like i saw his necronomicon book and i was just blown away like that was incredible and i did not understand that at all and initially i didn't understand his medium either like, I didn't know how the fuck he was making that stuff. Like, it, it looked mm -hmm. like nothing I had ever seen, and I didn't understand it. And initially, it didn't click to me that he was using airbrush. And then, you know, as I was finally able to save up some money and buy some of those books, I got to reading them, and I was like, oh, shit, like, this is all airbrush. Mm. And I was like, this is incredible. And you'd think, well, I would go get an airbrush. But no, I, I still kept fumbling around with just the, the materials that I had, but tried to emulate some of those techniques still, like trying to get like really soft fades and blends with like sharp white highlights and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
and between that and then like later influences like painting influences like once I knew what painting was and what mediums people were using you know there was like Mark Ryden who made like these mm-hmm. like yeah. super like classical looking paintings the that joints were like, with Abe Lincoln yeah and the Colonel Sanders yeah, yeah. he did the meat dress yeah for everybody who doesn't know who Mark Ryden is he did like the uh the classic that kind of a lot of people he was like a rock star before that you know but it was like that meat dress, like mm-hmm. they kind of put them on. Because mm-hmm. uh, old girl was Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. She fucking wore the meat dress. It should be a yeah, Mark Ryden continue, but yeah, he's filthy. Yeah, and and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the subject matter. I mean, you know, it was it was interesting for sure, and I had not seen stuff like that either before. Mm-hmm. But it was the technique, and for me, um. Like for for a like lot of the art soft. that I like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just about the technique. And I know, I know, like for for some people, like that's considered like shallow to focus so much on technique. Like you should be focusing on like, you know, the the feeling of your art and you know the story that you're trying to tell. But I'm all about the technique. I'm a sucker for technique, and so I've always just been trying to improve my technique and like get like the the smoothest blends and like the the maximum amount of detail and just like get all of the technical stuff locked down um it's cool once i've got that down to be able to manipulate it into making the the images that i make with it you know but before before you before you can speak you got to learn the words you know Mm -hmm. you, you can't write a book until you learn the words. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the technical stuff for me was all just learning the words and it still is like, I'm still refining my techniques, but, um, that brings us to how I got to acrylic paint. Mm-hmm. Um, so the evolution, you know, from the, the lesser quote unquote materials up to paint, mm-hmm. um, brought me to just, bringing in acrylic paint for like little bits of stuff here and there. Like Mm -hmm. I would, I would still do like drawings or whatever, and then just do like highlights with acrylic paint. And then I eventually got to the point where I was brave enough to do complete paintings with acrylic paint. And another reason for using acrylic for me, a couple reasons, I guess, is uh, it was a lot cheaper than oil paint. Mm. and it didn't have like the crazy odor um so you know i was like working in my apartment so Mm -hmm. i I didn't have good ventilation for Mm -hmm. stinky materials right and and that was back before like odorless mineral spirits was readily accessible right right? Right. Yeah. yeah um so yeah, so those those are those are the two main reasons I wasn't messing with oil paint right off the bat. Is mm. I, I couldn't afford it, and I didn't really have a space to work with it. Mm. Um, so I could afford cheap acrylic paint, mm-hmm. and it didn't emit any crazy fumes to speak of, so I could do it anywhere. So I practiced and practiced and practiced with that, and tried my best to emulate the techniques of oil paint using the acrylic paint. Okay. Um, and you know, there are still a lot of people who don't 
know my work very well to just assume that I use oil paint. And that's just because that's how I came up trying to use acrylic paint. Yeah. And after a while, it was kind of like the the same thing that was happening to me back when I first got into tattooing where I had now uh, met other painters. So a lot of my friends now were painters, but a lot of them used oil paint. So they would see my stuff and they'd be like, man, you know, like you, you'd be able to do so much of this stuff so much more easily if you used oil paint. And so I just kept hearing that over and over for mm-hmm. a long time until I got to the point where I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go get some oil paint, okay. but not tell anybody <laughs> right, 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 and do right. that mm-hmm. on the DL too. And so, you know, I got some oil paint, didn't know shit about it and tried one painting and just got super frustrated with it and put it aside. Cause it, I didn't understand how the paint worked mm-hmm. and like it, it, wouldn't dry and so Mm -hmm. after you know putting a ton of paint on there i was just pushing the paint around Mm -hmm. it wasn't staying where i wanted it to stay so i was getting really frustrated with it so i'm like fuck this this sucks this is why i hate oil paint so i (laughs) put it away and didn't mess with it again for years years um and then i had a a show coming up again bringing things full circle at flat color gallery. Okay. Okay. So I was like, you know what? Just for kicks, I'm going to try and do an oil painting again. Mm -hmm. But this time, um, I was not going to just try and do it like in my little creepy art dungeon all by myself with no help. So I asked all my painter friends for tips. I was like, okay, so how, how do I, how do I make it not just slide around once I put a bunch of paint Mm -hmm. on there? And like, well, there are all kinds of things you can use for that. Like there's this stuff called liquid, which helps it dry faster. So, you know, you can put on thinner layers of paint with mm-hmm. the liquid mixed in and it'll dry a lot faster and you won't have to worry about, you know, waiting so long to put more paint on. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So, you know, gathered up all these little tips that I could gather up mm-hmm. and made another acrylic painting or made another oil painting. Um, and this time, like, I, I didn't get quite as frustrated. I was like, okay, yeah, like, all this stuff that people told me is actually true and helping me. But then by the time I got finished with the painting and I was looking at it, I'm like, but this doesn't really look so much different than my other paintings. So what's the point? Like, mm. I already am making cool paintings using stuff that I know that I've become familiar with. So I just decided to go with what I know. Okay. And okay. Now I'm. That's that's my thing. Like I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. Like I've right. I've, I've taken like all this time to 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 master. Well, not master, but at least learn how to do what I do with acrylic paint. Mm-hmm. So why would I throw that away at this point? Right. Right. Now, did you ever show up, Mike Wagner? I don't believe so. Okay. Okay. All right. Because I know he was. No, that's not true. I have. Okay, okay. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I forgot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it flat color or no? It may have been. Okay, I don't know. Okay. It's been years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was supposed to get out and see him during my trip, and time was just, yeah, I'm at the, I'm going to be back out here pretty soon. I'm going to have to get, get back over there to see Mike. Time is like uh, that. Yep, yep, yep. Man, it's, yeah, it's, uh... 
very it's slippery. Slim, yeah. Time's a slippery noodle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, man, that's that's pretty that's pretty dope. So at least you did the show. Now, how many pieces were in the show, like uh, at Flat Color? Oh, uh, if I had to guess, I'd say there were about ten pieces, and just mm-hmm. one of them was oil. Okay. Okay. Yeah, after you did that one, he was like, "Nah, I'm cool." Yeah. So, but what, but at least I like I finished it. You know, that was the thing. Like I mm-hmm. I I committed to it, and I actually finished it. I I didn't just like kind of commit to doing it and then be like, "Ah, fuck, this is hard. I'm not gonna do mm-hmm. it." Like I committed to doing it. I did the painting. I finished the painting. I showed the painting. I sold the painting. Hey. I did the damn thing. So now I could at least say. I, I have I have completed mm-hmm. an oil painting. <laughs> Facts. Um, I'm curious. It, like, was the oil painting like what order was it in the in the uh, in the series? Like, like mm. was it the first one, the last one? Where did it fall in the order? Uh, I'm having a hard time remembering specifically, but I kind of think it might have been like right in the middle. Mm. Yeah, I, okay. I was I was doing a thing for that show, which I don't usually do. Well, I I say that, but which I hadn't at that time usually done, which is work on more than one painting at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, typically before that show, I, I would do one, finish it and move on. OK, but for that show, like the deadline was a little tight. I was still tattooing. So I didn't have a ton of time. So I, I had multiple paintings going at once. And then once I got the oil painting in the mix too, which does need that little bit of extra drying time, like it made really good sense to have more than just that painting going. Mm-hmm. Um, so there. There you go. Yeah, that's hard though. The, because my whole thing is, is I, was, I was curious as, all right, I have this show. I'm going to try to do oil paintings. And then it's like, oh, shit. The, if the first one was oil paintings and then you switched, you know, and then oh, you did yeah. all the rest of them as acrylics. Yeah. Because that or maybe you did all these acrylics and at the end you're like, hey, I'm just going to do oil painting. Mm-hmm. See how this works out. I've done all, you know, like my stress is over. And then you get that when you're like, fuck, <laughs> like, dang, man, I should just did another acrylic. <laughs> so are you into fishing? No. Mm. No, very, very much not. Um, without getting too into the subject. Uh, oh yeah, because you're a vegan. I'm vegan. Yeah, 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 for, yeah, for yeah, ethical yeah. reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big vegans in the building. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> he's like, man, that's so disrespectful, James. That is wild, disrespectful out here. But you know, we respectfully disrespectful sometimes. And I and I had that slipped my mind because a lot of my friends, you know, I, I have friends who are vegans, I have friends who like have all types of um eating parameters and beliefs and you know what I'm saying? So I also like, have that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I try, you know, I, I respect everyone's uh choices and Thanks, you know, I appreciate that. And, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Um and yeah, it was crazy because there there's like we're right across the street or right across like well, not the street, like, the, well, yeah, literally the street from, like, a river, you guys, yeah. a beautiful river and uh, salmon, like, they just populate that joint, you know, uh, every year. And, man, Pacific Northwest. Shout out to the it. Duwamish people. Mm, real talk. 
Oh man. So now would you say uh because you earlier on we were talking, you said you, you were down in California for a while, right? That is correct. Okay. So now what what was like uh when you were down there, mm -hmm. do you do you ever like could you ever see yourself living in California again or no? Um it it comes up every once in a while, like thinking about it, but I, I like the Pacific Northwest. I'm, okay. I'm going to stay until I'm forced out. Ooh, okay. I hear that. And, and that very well could happen. Like I've, I've definitely been pushed around from neighborhood to neighborhood to neighborhood over the years that I've been here Yeah, but, priced out. So yeah, mm -hmm. but not that anything in California is really going to be so much better. Like it's yeah. pretty expensive in California too. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah. So now do you have a huge collection of skulls in your studio? I'm curious. That's a good question, and I think maybe people will be interested to know that um, the guy that paints all the creepy skulls is too creeped out to have actual human skulls in his home. Mm. Yeah, and it's funny because like, I, I don't really adhere to any one like set of spiritual beliefs or anything like that mm -hmm. and in fact like I, i'd say that i'm pretty uh i don't know like like not really focused on any kind of spiritual beliefs mm -hmm. specifically but i do for some reason get creeped out thinking that there is still something of that person attached to their skull and I just wouldn't want that around. I just don't mm. want that, that vibe around me. Um, I once had a, a, a monkey skull that was gifted to me. Mm. And I'm sorry if you're listening, person that gifted me the monkey skull, but I gave it away because it creeped me out. Mm. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, I came and do no monkey skulls, no monkey paws. Yeah, you know. none of it. None yeah. of that in here. Yep. So now you usually just get your reference from the internet uh, as far as like for your skulls and things like that. Because I noticed you have it like in some paintings you're working with like gold skulls or something like that. Uh, so there's different types. I'm curious as to where you get the, how you find the references. Yeah, a lot of the, the reference I'll get from the internet, but I'm not opposed to having fake skulls in my home, mm. which I have several. Okay. Yeah. So I have I have sculpted skulls from like concrete and other various materials. Okay. So the, I use those for reference a lot too because it's easy to be able to pose them and you know get the right lighting for whatever the situation is that's going on in the painting. So that's nice. Any plaster casts? You, you do um, I don't currently have one. But I have at one point had a, a plaster cast. Okay. One. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. as close as I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Now, how you feel? Are you really big in, into gardening, house plants, things like that? Will you have you have some rhododendrons? What was popping? Okay. Uh, I had not been into house plants so much before recently moving in with my friend Dave, who I mentioned earlier. Mm, um, I, I have historically had a black thumb, like anything that's green that I touch, I kill. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've killed all the plants that everyone says that you're not supposed to be able to kill. Like I've killed cactus. I've killed bamboo. Like I've killed all the stuff mm -hmm. that people were like, 
you got to have this plant because you can't kill them. Mm -hmm. Well, can have. Mm -hmm. um, but when I moved in with my buddy Dave, he had a bunch of plants. Mm. And so I got the the pleasure of being in charge of the plants. Okay. And I am proud to say that in the two years that I have lived there, I've only killed two out of like 15 plants. Nice. And I've kept the rest of them alive somehow. Okay. And some of them are even thriving. Ay. So, no, it, it has not historically been a hobby of mine or an interest but now that i am the caretaker of these plants i'm doing my best to keep these plants alive right and right. i care and i'm 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 trying and mm. i think i'm doing all right and i'm sorry for the the couple that didn't make it mm. r.i.p plants i tried i promise Fact. i feel bad man you know real rap <laughs> so now what about gardening um, no, not really. Um, I'm an indoor kid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the, the only time I get outside really is for, for, for board stuff like skateboarding and the, the skateboarding times and a little bit of snowboarding in the snowboarding times. Um, mm -hmm. I can't really afford to do a whole lot of snowboarding cause that shit's very expensive, but like I'll hike every once in a while cause that's free. Like I've got the gear. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if I can save up my nickels every once in a while, I'll, I'll splurge and go like maybe once or twice a year, actually get a lift, which is fun. But yeah, otherwise, indoor kid, painting, locked down most of the time. So what type of surfaces are you into nowadays as far as painting? Well, the size of my paintings and the amount of detail in my paintings dictates the surface. I, I need to have a really smooth, even surface because working as small as I do and with as much detail as I do, if the surface has texture, the detail gets lost in the texture. Um, so mostly I paint on uh, cradled wood panels, like birch panels that I sand real good and you know prep the surface so they're super smooth or masonite panels, which is like the smoothest surface, uh, or paper. Mm. So yeah, the, the smoother, the better. Yeah, birches is a great surface. Yeah. And also, like, I, I like that uh, those surfaces are super resilient. Like, um, if you were to put, I, I, I know this because I've made this mistake, uh, like, you know, accidentally leaning a, a painting on canvas up against something and then having it, you know, make an indent mm -hmm. yep. from the back into the yeah. front of the painting and be yeah. like, Oh shit. Yep. Oh, mm -hmm. The canvas is fucking ruined now. Um, that doesn't happen with wood or masonite. Yeah. yeah those rigid surfaces, yeah, like man. super, super rigid and resilient. Like I, I joke a lot about my finished work because it's on these hard surfaces and I varnish the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. So I always joke that you could vomit on them and throw them down the stairs and then just hose them off and they would be fine. <laughs> I'm not recommending yeah, that. Don't, don't do that. But if you did yeah. by accident, somehow, if you're having a wild night, mm -hmm. your painting will probably be all right. Man, have some respect for your artwork. <laughs> Make sure it's, you know, hanging an art artist, you know, if you can 
Try not to vomit on it and throw it down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Now listen! That's called motherfucking bars, nigga! Fucking you know nothing about that! Okay, yeah. Words from Ego. Facts. So, moving forward, man. Because uh, we, we've been all over the map. So, how did the, the, the whole uh, Treco collab come out with the, with the featured artists? Did you just uh, submit a portfolio you send them your mixtape did you bump into you know courtney at the buffet I, I wish it was a cooler story but it was just that i submitted some stuff mm -hmm. um being an artist in this day and age that's trying to earn a living off of it you got to try and get yourself out there any way that you can uh and if you're not a wealthy artist mm -hmm. which kind of doesn't sound like a real thing to me um you have to do all that stuff yourself like i don't have assistance most people don't you know so I, i'm always having to do the the hustles to try to to get my my name and images out there so yeah it was just one of those things where i saw an opportunity um submitted a bunch of stuff they didn't think it sucked that much so they did their little feature and that was really cool for me and hopefully cool for them um, I, I actually like their um, brushes and panels, so like I didn't feel like a a cheap shill, you know, trying no. to sell out or whatever. Because yeah. I actually use their stuff, so right, that, right. that was nice. Which ones you rocking with? With the golden tacklons? Which yeah, you uh, and I actually just got some of the crimson tacklon ones, which mm. I also like. Um, and then their, their panels are real good. Cause like I said, I, I work on either wood or masonite panels. So their wood panels are cool, especially like, uh, they come up with crazy shaped ones. Um, yeah. The Mordnet boys, the yeah. holiday joints. Yeah. 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 yeah Trackle, if you're listening, feel free to shoot us a, a case of brushes <laughs> so we can distribute them to our guests, you know, and you know what I'm saying? Have some gifts. I Thank mean, you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I'm curious, what's your what's the average day like for you as an artist? Like waking up, can you give the people an idea like nine to five as an artist? Because you said you have to paint. Mm -hmm. You have like submitting mm -hmm. your artwork and images to different institutions. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of give us a walkthrough of what a day looks like? I can. Um, but I'm going to give you the, the main view of what a productive day looks like because that's not every day. Mm. Um, so a productive day looks like getting up between, I don't know, let's say 9 and 10 a.m., mm -hmm. uh, doing all the the beginning of the day stuff, which for me means having some breakfast and some tea, looking at my stupid phone for way too long. Pause. What's the vegan breakfast looking like? Okay, so the the go-to vegan breakfast for me okay. is a, a vegan breakfast sandwich that looks just like a not vegan breakfast sandwich, but everything on it's vegan. So it's English muffin with just egg, uh, fake sausage, fake cheese. That's okay. that's the, the huge. And uh, also tea with some silk vanilla creamer in it that's that's the go-to 
Pardon my white paper swag. Silk vanilla cream where I see you. You know what? When did I drink some of that? Mm. Hold on, hold on. I feel like I was somewhere into Oh yeah. It's delightful. I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh oh, there's a story. Yeah, there was a but we not gonna tell that on the okay. podcast. Uh but yeah, man, like you know, you might go places and they have so but like, hey, yeah, throw that in there. Um, cause cause that's the thing. Coffee is is I feel like that's a it's like a cornerstone of the day, you know, like it, it's one of those things where it's like it just you gotta have it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I was curious about because I didn't know if you were getting out heavy veggies mm-hmm. in the morning, mm-hmm. like if that's how you was giving it up. Mm-hmm. If you were like doing the just egg with the omelet, throw some mm-hmm. spinach in there, some some tomatoes with the I, I you know. I, I prefer my vegetables smushed into the shape of meat. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, Facts. like I, I I didn't go vegan for my health. Um, I, I went vegan for ethical reasons, for the health of the animals. And okay. so, you know, I, I, I grew up on a very shitty, pretty typical American diet of, you know, meat and cheese. Okay. Um, so when it came time to consider the creatures that had to die so I could have my yummy treats... I had to reconsider everything and be like, but I like the way it tastes though. Right. But I just don't want someone to have to die so I can have a yummy treat. Okay. So that's when I, you know, just tried to find all of the substitutes. Okay. Um, there have been people in the past that are like, oh, well, you're vegan. So like, why, why would you want to eat a fake hot dog? Like. Cause I like the way it yeah, tastes. I like the way it tastes, and I don't want someone to get hurt for it. It's not about the hot dog; it's about where the hot dog came from. Like I right. still want to eat all the same stuff that I ate when I was, you know, a shitty American kid. So, now so I do, but this... I just get the vegan versions of everything. Yeah. Like I eat, you know, basically the same shitty diet that I ate when I was a little kid. You now, know, I, you eat, eat, the, I eat pizza uh, and burritos. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I eat all the the same stuff. Other. Yeah shitty americans eat yeah, yeah, but yeah. the vegan versions okay okay he like man i'm not switching it y'all because there's like it's it's interesting because i like to talk to the vegans about like what's a dinner look like mm-hmm. for you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. a lot of like because the thing is that some artists like to cook some artists don't like to cook. Mm-hmm. it just depends on the artist mm-hmm. right so i know you might say hey man i'm about to bust down this butternut squash triangle just mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying i don't know yeah. how you're giving it up yeah and no, i'm not that fancy and usually not that veggie though i I probably should be but Mm -hmm. uh so i gave you my breakfast okay dinner last night was um vegan ramen but i do it a little fancy because i put in the mixed vegetables and the um fake beef tips Ooh, and i always do it with curry okay and spicy all the spice we call that seattle style there you go Okay. Sorry, breakfast you hit us. Yep. Okay. All right. Now after breakfast, keep going. All right. So now I've had my breakfast and mm. my tea and mm. I've looked at the stupid internet on my phone for too long <laughs> and I'm realizing, oh shit, the day is starting to get away from me. I need to get to work. I have okay. deadlines. Um, so then I, I try and get my, my head into work mode, which sometimes works. And sometimes I have to fool myself into it and be like, okay, here's the thing. Go for a walk. And as soon as you get back, start working. And 
if I'm not able to just get up after breakfast and make myself do the thing and I bribe myself with taking a little walk and getting started after like those, those usually work. Um, so I've either, you know, just finished up breakfast and I'm, I'm cracking down because I know that I need to, or I'm not quite feeling it. So I take my little walk and I get back and you know, when I'm a block away from home, start thinking, okay, as soon as you get in the door, go get all your stuff out and get to it. And I'm pretty good about it. So we'll just say that I've actually gotten down to it. So I start painting or drawing or whatever it is that I need to do for the day. Um, and I'll typically paint in like three or four hour chunks. Um, and then either, you know, just need a break cause I'm sore from sitting there for three or four hours or, you know, just need my brain to see something else. Um, which brings us to another little quick point about how I work. Um, because I work so small, I use magnifying glasses. Mm. I use multiple magnifying glasses. So three or four hours, like, you know, looking at stuff through magnifying glasses, your brain gets a little frazzled. So I'll need to take breaks just to not be looking through magnifying glasses. Um, and then, you know, it depends on how long the break is. Like if I get sidetracked with something else, like skateboarding, for example, like if somebody's like, Hey, we're going skating. I'm not going to say no most times unless I'm Dave. under a super duper tight deadline, in which yeah. case I'll have to sadly decline. But yeah, I'll, I'll take a little break, a couple few hours, maybe get some food and then, you know, sometimes have to con myself back into working and be like okay as soon as you do this thing you got to get back to work okay so then i'll you know buckle back down hopefully and work for you know three or four more hours and then you know it's dinner time by then mm -hmm. so dinner and then either you know dick around a little bit doing art um like after dinner but mostly it's just watching a movie or a show or something and mm -hmm. trying to wind down um but there's always something going on. Like I, I think about this semi-regularly, you know, I, I think there may be some people who think, you know, as an artist, like, oh, you just, you just paint. Like, that's not work. Like, no, nah, but here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like most people's regular jobs, they have a set amount of time, they go in, they bust their ass, they do their work, mm -hmm. and then they're done. They go home. They don't have to think about work again till the next day. Mm -hmm. For me, even when I'm not actually painting, like I'm still thinking about like the thing that I'm working on or like tracking down reference or, you know, I'm on the internet, you know, posting images, you know, trying to get shows um, on rare occasions, you know, selling stuff myself. So trying to like keep track of that stuff, um, you know, applying for grants and, you know, every, every, everything that I can do in my so-called free time, which is going towards the art stuff. So really, even when I'm not actually painting, like I'm still kind of working, like even mm -hmm. when I'm on my walks, 
Like I'm not just carefree. Like I'm thinking about the thing that I have to get back to, mm-hmm. um, or I'm taking reference photos while I'm out on my walk. You know, I'm, I'm taking pictures of trees or whatever that I'm going to use for background. Mm-hmm. or you know collecting reference for something for the future like i run into some rock that looks interesting that oh hey that kind of looks like i could use that at some point so now i throw that in my now thirty thousand images of reference yeah okay so now i'm curious when i because i hear you explain your day yeah how much of that okay so let's say it's a new uh, let's say like new project like yeah. how you said like we're we're like we're using this kind of day so new project mm-hmm. like in that three hour chunk or yep. how much of that is like drawing is it like because if, if you're going back and you're spending like three hours three hours like yeah. in like let's say like there's you know two three three hour chunks on a good day let's say you're, you're smoking yeah so are you spending the first three hours on the drawing or is it the whole day and then the next day's painting or how's that usually working so that varies a lot depending on the project um, there are times where i will have an idea in my head and the drawing comes out real easy and for the you know, that particular painting, the drawing isn't even super duper important, but I just want to at least get the the layout down and have all the the pieces and the, the places where I want them and the right size. So I'll do, you know, a, a preliminary sketch and then transfer it onto the surface that I'm going to paint. And there are times where that happens in like 10 minutes you know, it's just a super rudimentary drawing of like some shapes that like, I just know that the head is going to be here. It's going to take up this much space. It's, you know, I'll, I'll work out the details when I'm painting it. There are times which are even rarer still where I'll just go right to painting, like no drawing. Like I'll just have an idea and just go right in with paint. Um, I've had some real great, experiences that way it's more spontaneous and i get you know some different looking results that way but it's scary and i don't always have that freedom like you know sometimes i'm I'm painting a very specific thing and i know what it's going to look like in my mind's eye so i have to like draw it and make sure that it's where it needs to be um i'm working on a painting right now where it doesn't seem like the the subject and the composition should be taking that long but i just spent two days drawing and i probably had preliminary sketches of it months ago and just it's been haunting me getting it just right even though it's nothing that crazy like the the subject is not crazy the the layout is not especially crazy but it's just been hard for me to nail this thing down it's a commission so i think that might be part of it like you know it's a very specific thing that i need to do Mm -hmm. um so like i'm thinking of my client for this you know as i'm doing it i can't just do whatever like i usually would for myself because Mm -hmm. they have a specific thing that they want from me. So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get this specific thing down, channeling their needs 
through my filter. So, you know, it still has mm. to look like I did it and I still have to be happy with it at the end of the day. Yeah. But trying to make it so that it's the thing that they want by me. Mm-hmm. So that this one has kind of been killing me because it's, like I said, at least two days of drawing. And you know, I finally got it down last night to the point where I think I'm going to transfer it onto the panel and start painting. So, nice. yeah, it could, it could be anywhere from no time where mm-hmm. I just start painting to, you know, 10 minutes, a half hour where, you know, I just get the, the rough shapes in there and then do the rest while I'm working. Or uh, if it's a, a specific project that's, you know, mostly drawing, mm-hmm. um, you know, that could take multiple days. Like I've done, you know, some snowboard graphics that were, that were very uh, intricate line drawings so to to get those just right you know i I probably took i don't know two weeks for four drawings Mm. just going through different iterations until i got everything nailed down exactly the way i wanted it to look yeah um but yeah i think i think typically the the drawing time is not that much i spend all the time in the painting especially Mm. the the end bits where i'm doing all the detail stuff that's where the time really goes so now when you break out the the magnifying glasses mm-hmm. i'm curious like it it because you know i paint pretty small but it's not small enough to where i need magnifying glasses bro so i'm, I'm always like okay so how does that like when you mess up how, how do you fix it well it's paint so that's beautiful that i can just paint right over it mm. um you guys can't see this because your ears can't see stuff, but I'm busting out some little examples right now. This is a little drawing I just did. Mm. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, I'll take some pictures of these so they can see them. Whoa. A little tiny painting. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, these things are made. Another mad. little drawing. Whoa. So maybe that'll give you a better idea of yeah, why I need man. the magnifying glasses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and these don't translate over uh, through a cell phone. Yeah, the it's, scope it's, of this does yeah. not translate through a cell phone. Yeah, man. yeah, this is man, wow, yeah, yeah, these are dope, man. It's just man, yeah. There's a, a so now you're drawing these are drawings. Where are you drawing mm-hmm. these with? Uh, that's graphite, so pencils. Like Statlers or what? Um, I use a few different pencils um you'd think that i have some really fancy stuff but mostly i use um i I believe they're made by sakura the okay uh, sumo grip pencils the mechanical pencils okay yeah that's my go-to yeah man these are i'm gonna take some pictures of these so now how long these drawings typically take you so um the ones that well, I'm not, showing right I'm now are really small. They're yeah, they're yeah. two and a half by three and a half inches. So like really small. Thank you for explaining this. Yeah. Why geek out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I I I typically work pretty small, but this is exceptionally small even for me. Um, this is I I've recently had uh, some requests, um for these really small pieces, which I, I was unaware that there was even a, a thing 
but um, they're they're little artist trading cards. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That people collect, and I, I'm only just now getting hip to this. Um, but yeah, so I've gotten commissioned for these little two and a half by three and a half inch drawings and paintings. Um, but I still, you know, try to put as much detail and effort into these little itty bitty things as I do into slightly bigger stuff. But luckily because of the size, I can work a little faster. Like I, I can finish at least one of these in a day. Whereas mm. typically for my paintings, you know, it's like between 20 and 50 hours. So I can do like one or two of these little artist trading cards in a day. But again, you know, not sacrificing quality. Like I'm still trying to make them the best that I can make them. Yeah, these are amazing. So, and then um, now you have all three of these. Now are all three of these going to be your cards? Or are you picking which ones? Uh, or how does that work? They, they were commissioned, so they'll, they'll go out to the, the people that commissioned them. Uh, and to speak on that just real quickly too, like I'm really fortunate in that um, the folks that commission stuff from me are really generous about not putting me in a corner. Uh -huh. um, like it's it's pretty rare that someone has like really rigid constraints of what they want from me. They're like, okay, so I need it to be like this. It needs to be this size. It needs to have these colors. It mm -hmm. needs to have this amount of whiskers and, you know, whatever. Like people are real cool about just pointing me in a general direction and being like, hey, I love what you do, but you don't have any work out in the world right now for me to buy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to commission you mm -hmm. to make a painting for me. Okay. And so, you know, they'll sometimes just, say i would like it to be you know a goat <laughs> and i'm like cool i get to do a goat uh, but more often they're even cooler than that and they just say hey do your thing you know i i have this for my budget i was thinking about this size is that gonna work and eight times out of ten it does and i just get to do my own thing anyway but for really cool collectors Man, that's that's amazing. That is amazing. So um, I was looking to see if we had any questions because I put up uh, questions mm. for you. And um, Jason wanted to know if you remember doing the fuck the buff tattoo on him. Of course. Of course. Yeah, no, I remember all the, the tattoos I did on Jason. And Jason, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, well, you want to share? I'm curious as to which ones you did on them. Which ones do you uh, you want to talk about? Any other ones? Because because I, I know he he's uh, tatted up from yeah, like hand yeah, yeah, to toe, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one specifically was rough, um, just because of where it was. Like it's like on his front, like on his ribs and stuff. So mm -hmm. sorry, sorry about yeah. that. Uh -huh. Yeah, they can't all be winners. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, man, we've been at this for, and that was pretty much the only question we had because I posted <laughs> that late. So we've been at it for like an hour and 45 minutes. You got any shout outs you want to give? Uh, I'm going to decline for fear of leaving somebody out. Okay. So I will just say this I will be cheesy and shout myself out. 
Um, you can find my stuff on Instagram at Lord Ego One, so L O R D E G O, and the number one. Uh, I'm also on Patreon at Lord Ego One, and my website is LordEgoOne.com. Um, I have a show currently on display at Feinkunstkruger in Hamburg, Germany, uh, called Don't Wake Daddy. It's an annual show, a uh, group show with like really, really, really great lineup that I feel very fortunate to be a part of. Um, you can see that online. Um, I've not shown much here in my own hometown of Seattle in the last few years, but I'm going to be part of a group show at Ergo Gallery at the Pike Place Market um, that is a kind of themed show in that all the artists were given hexagonal shaped panels to work with, and I believe the show is called Hexed. Um, that show is in November of 2022. Okay. Calendar on full right now. Check him out. Um, yeah, Germany was popping. Need to get back over there. Okay. And you know what's great is that that was actually the next question. It's like, what well, you have up ah, for them to look for? Where can yeah, they find yeah. you on the web? There you go. So you you right on time, man. Okay, you guys. You could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Catch us again next week. Same BS time, same BS channel. Once again, this is some shit I just thought of y'all. Scientific fiction that's not admissible in the court of law. I'm out of here like Vladimir. James Gerald's over and out. I told you from the dough. I told you from the get-go. You don't got to go home, but you got to go Art and Bullshit Podcast.